evening, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast, and I'm your host, Jermaine, aka Curious, and I'm alongside Mark today. How are you, Mark, aka Content? I'm fine, and um, I realise that uh, we're doing this a couple of days after Valentine's Day, and I just want to point out to our listeners all over the world, and... Um, and all the different places that they're listening. First of all, we love you, obviously, because you're listening to us, and we appreciate the fact that you're, you're trying to look at something alternative to the mainstream bile that you're given every day. But we, uh, do, we more, do, we do. But more importantly, I'd like people to realise and actuate their love for Jermaine, because Jermaine is the best podcast podcast host you'll ever hear, and certainly better than 99% of the people on mainstream media. And you're getting him as a luxury in your homes whenever you choose to listen to Kira Sanaki. So, on behalf of everyone, I'm passing on the love. Here is the love. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. It's very, uh, very graceful <coughs> of you there, Mark. Mate, I've never been a being graceful, but uh, you live and learn. <laughs> Delightful. Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, so. So, Jermaine, I thought today we could do something different for Curious Muse. Mm. I've got four cards, mm. and I want you to just pick them in all, in different orders, and then we'll talk about the topic underneath each card. Say so four cards, yeah? Yep. Okay, go on. So they're the aces <laughs> of every... Actually, I've got five cards. They're the aces of every pack, like every suit, plus a joker. Great. So just pick... A, an ace and a suit and we'll go into that topic can I pick the joker first uh, well I was kind of hoping you'd leave it to later but alright you can pick it first if you wish <laughs> go on the joker is uh, Boris Johnson <laughs> <laughs> okay I thought we already knew that well I thought it was important in the scale of the other stories he was the joker card so I, I thought you know it's fair that you picked it and, and the question always is, every time Boris gets into a kerfuffle, to use his words, you know, whenever time there's, there's mud slung at him for stuff that he's lied about, we have a period of time where he just disappears off the face of, you know, yeah. of the mainstream media. So we've got so many other stories going on right now. And this, is, this, this, I just want to point this out, that this is technically an abusive relationship. He's stonewalled. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> he's stonewalled. You know, it's that thing you're, you're with your partner and they've done something really bad and you confront them and then you don't hear from them for two days. And that's exactly what he's like all the time. But but luckily, he's not just with one person. He's with the whole nation and he's doing that to the nation. Mm. Um, and and <laughs> I just always think, uh, since he became Prime Minister, I've always thought of that game. You know that game? Is it called Where's Wally or something like that? And it, yeah. Isn't that the game? I just think of him like that. I just think... The, the cartoon... Oh, I wish I had the money to sponsor people to find him every time he does this disappearing trick. Like, you know, you win 50 quid if you're the first one to spot him. I'd love to do that. You know, whoever you are in the world, if you spot Boris, you win 50 quid. And the thing is, people would be more than happy to provide his whereabouts without the money. Yeah, no, I just think it'd be more interesting to turn it into the real game because it is a game. He does it every single time. I mean, mm. you know, but people still joke about that time he was in the fridge, but that was, I mean, I'm going to say 
in real terms, that was the easiest place to find him, if you like, you know, because he didn't even leave, leave the flat. I'm talking about every other time he just disappears off the face of the earth. You know what? If he just went to find him, and he was hiding in the fridge. Would you have looked in the fridge? Well, someone would have looked in. Honestly, his girlfriend. I'm or sure. I'm sure, but I don't think that would have been high on people's priority. No, but I think one of his kids would have won 50 quid, which is nice for them, you know, like that he might have the pocket money. You know, they went to get a milkshake and he was in there or something. I don't know, you know. But struggling after all. He announced this week, starting Valentine's Day, he was going to do a tour of the north of England. Why the hell would he do it? No, you know exactly what? Some that, of the north exactly actually quite like him. Exactly that. And and and, oh. and B, it's been two years since he's 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 literally let down every single promise he gave to them. Well, I mean, but he's going to... He was in Glasgow. He's going to... He's, but he's going to Scotland this time. Can you imagine the response he's going to get in Scotland? I think oh, they've he's got... Going to Scotland again. Well, no, he's, he's doing a tour of the whole of the north, and which includes Scotland, obviously. It's anything north of Leicester. So he's doing a northern tour. But but why is he doing a northern tour is the question. Yeah, why, why is that? Every time there's a... Hits the fan situation, he leaves London. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, you remember you and I were talking a couple of, I think it was last week, he was in Poland trying to stop the war. Yeah. I mean, he just gets. And, and it seems like he's had some success. Apparently, Russia have backed up. And, uh, uh, well, have they? I don't think. I, I, think I, don't, know. I don't know. This, this, this is what I've read in uh, reports that backed off at least for now. But what you find in these situations, Jermaine, is that people on both sides create the news they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm breaking aside because I don't think the whole thing is so ridiculous. I don't think it should be a war. I know exactly why they're doing it. I think the whole thing's a joke. So I'm not even going to get into that. But what I'm saying is the, the first, they always used to say the first victim of a war is the truth. And you just don't get the truth from either side. You know, like just, Russia says it's, it's withdrawn some of its its troops back from the border. America says no, it hasn't. So I mean, you're just not going to get the truth right. unless we're at, we're not going to get the truth. So, right. so has Boris succeeded? I don't know. Poland isn't very heavily involved in the war in the first place, not yet. Anyway, I mean, no. maybe it's not frontline state. I, don't I think, think well, they, they kind of well, not directly frontline, but they're kind of they're literally like the next one. Yeah, yeah. You can say that about a lot of countries. I mean, it's a bit like one of those. Do you remember blockbusters when you were kids? You were going to the I mean, I mean, what I mean is in terms of the, the, the geographical location. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying if you were Russia and you conquered Ukraine, you could go into Poland. But there's other countries yeah, you could yeah. go to. Well, it's not just Poland. Well, you, no, but they are one of those countries. I'm just saying, why, why has he gone to that one in particular? Is my question. Ukraine is a former territory, right? Well, so I don't know what they want to call it, but yeah. Okay, I mean, look, fair enough. I, if you think it's reasonable, I, I just think it's just escapism. Literally. Sorry, I think it's think escapism. It, I think it's what I said. If you think it's reasonable that he goes to Poland to I try and say it's reasonable, that's okay. not what I said at all. Don't put words in my mouth, please. <laughs> no, I want you to put your own words in your own mouth. That's what I love you. I'm not saying it's reasonable. I'm saying why would it be Ukraine? I'm exploring why it would be Ukraine. And they've been hassling the Ukraine for ages. Because, no, the reason... Pandemic, when we're supposed to be staying at home, they've been hassling Ukraine. The reason why Ukraine is quite simple, really. I mean, 
If you imagine that Russia used to be the USSR and it had the whole of that East, what was called the Eastern Bloc. Eastern Bloc right? yeah. Now, so what's happening is as those countries left the, so the USSR and became independent states like Poland and Ukraine, they're, they're lining up to join NATO, which is the armed force against the Soviet Union. Uh, against Russia. So I'm going to say, does the Soviet Union still exist? And no, we you don't know about it. <laughs> it's I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, the reason why I say it is because a lot of the people in charge still have that mentality about how do they really attack it. You know, so so in their mind, they still see Russia as the Soviet Union. Hmm. When you look at one under one of the other cards that we're going to come up today, you'll see why that's that's kind of almost laughable. Okay. But uh, let's move on to the next card. Unless okay. I'm, I'll be done with this one. Well, we just you said just, you've got four, and I want to make sure that we yeah. get through. I mean, just like, nine minutes, almost ten minutes in now. We're, we're done with it. I just would love someone to just alert us when they spot Boris somewhere. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we are at underscore curious anarchy. If you see Boris, that was my only reason for bringing that one up was simply so someone could do that. That'd be great. You know, if they're in say like Grimsby and he happens to be in a sausage factory or something with his white hat on and his white overcoat, you know, if someone could just tweet us. <laughs> fitting in like it did with the police not too long ago. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyway, so that's why. So go on, pick another card then, go on. Um, you said it was aces, right? Yes, it's uh, just because of ace. of diamond. Beautiful, beautiful one to pick. Well done. That's the defence secretary. I think his name's Ben Wallace, is it? Or Dave Wallace, or something? I can't even remember now. I know that it's not that dominant. Rob guy. Right. So, so one, of, one of my biggest complaints about the British government outside of the way they run the country and ruin the country and lie, outside of all of that, is their lack of knowledge and the way they hide behind a lack of knowledge. So, for example, if you go back to, say, Winston Churchill, he was a horrendous guy, but at least he studied history. At least he could tell you the, what he was doing in the countries, you know, what happened before in the countries he was invading and stuff like that. He kind of knew the history. These people know nothing. So this guy has announced last week the whole situation that's happening with Russia right now is similar to what happened in Munich before the Second World War. Now, I don't know if you know that story or you know about that part of history. I think we talked about it before. Well, it was well, just give, give the, uh, the listeners a little reminder. So, so what happened was, Neville Chamberlain, who was the Prime Minister of England, went to Munich to try and appease Adolf Hitler. He came away with a sheet of paper that had been signed saying, you know, we would not invade uh, Poland. And as, almost by the time he'd flown back to, to London, they'd, they'd invaded Poland. So by the time he was shave, wait, waving this paper, this uh, piece in our time paper from the plane as he stepped down, the press were kind of virtually laughing at him. And he virtually was on the point of, of uh, resigning and Winston Churchill becoming prime minister because he had been so badly lied to by Adolf Hitler. But that's not his fault, though. No, I'm just saying that's he the reference. Right, you know. that's, that's the reference point that Ben Wallace is bringing up about the negotiations with Russia at the moment. Mm. Now, do you have no problem with that? Of course, there's a problem. <laughs> Go on. Well, well, I mean, so from my point of view, the, the problem is this: when people know their history, they understand the role of the Soviet Union in the Second World War. Mm -hmm. Right, people that don't know it, don't think Russia was even properly involved. Yeah, it's actually surprising how many people don't actually. Right, and that's that's a huge that's a huge history because what actually happened was 
when you actually look down into it, Hitler hated Russia more than any other country in the world at that time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he hated them because he was a he was he was absolutely a hundred million percent opposed to communism, which R- Russia had at the time. And he came to power in Germany, defeating and and uh, fighting, literally fighting in the streets with the the left. So he had an abhorrent hatred of the left. Yeah. So he tricked. He signed a peace deal with Russia for two years and then invaded them. But it was that invasion. Well, if he hadn't invaded them, he he would have defeated Britain because his size of his army would have been ridiculous. But he had to split at least half, if not more than half, the army in the Eastern Front fighting. Russia. So when you actually learn your history, you know that without Russia's input in the Second World War, the war would have been lost. Mm. Things would have so been very different. So if you're the defence minister of this country, to come out with a statement like that is is, is ridiculous. It's if, offensive. Uh, if Russia hadn't have done what they did, we would have been saying Guten Tag. Exactly. <laughs> no, very much so. They, 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 you're joking, but they were in the Isle of Wight. Absolutely. 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 Would have. And Hitler was waiting for one more year to invade Britain with, with the, the bad weather because they couldn't get the boats across. And the, you know, the aircraft in that time were bombing Britain left, right and centre and we, we were lucky to have a year to get the Spitfires ready etc <clears throat> and, and to tackle their approach but but you know you can imagine if it had been year after year of them attacking they would have eventually conquered England England's a small country population 70 million against 300 million come on man and, and it was less than 70 million back then and, and in well. fact one of, one of Winston Churchill's most famous speech was we shall fight them on the beaches. And, and the end of that speech is, and if we get beaten, the col- we expect the colonies to come to our rescue. Mm. So it's not like he was feeling confident, yeah, you're going to do this. Without the Russian uh, input into the Second World War, that war would have been lost very quickly. Hitler made a huge mistake in not waiting, biding his time, defeating England and then going over to Russia. He made a huge mistake. And he also made a mistake not knowing history, not knowing what Napoleon had what had been the problem for Napoleon trying to invade Russia. So, huge mistakes. But to get, for a defence minister of this country to, to sort of trivialise, you know, about the Second World War, not understanding the history, it's, I mean, it's beyond stupidity. It's beyond. And then, on top of that, having said all that, he they, they then said, I'm now going to bring my family home from Crete because we're on holiday. <laughs> Making a war footing speech. You're not even in the country. You're actually on holiday while you're making a war footing speech. A speech to inspire the nation. I'm done with this guy. Uh, come to the next one because I'm done with this guy. This guy's just joking. <laughs> I'm done with him, man. It's, it's just stupid beyond belief. It, it, you know, I, the level of this government is scary. It's absolutely scary. And uh, it's okay. Let's pick another card because I'm done with this guy. <laughs> oh, you're done. I'm Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Well, that, that is that is that the government acting on our our, our freedom of speech? <laughs> Possibly, but we fight back. <laughs> we fight back. We come forward. Um, um, what was it? It was uh, Ace of Clubs. Okay, Ace of Clubs. <clears throat> so with the Ace of Clubs, uh, we were talking before about um, the Soviet Union. Uh, sorry, Russia. We were talking about Russia before. 
One of the things that we need to talk about is how much Russian investment there is in this country. So potentially we could be going to, in theory, to war with a country that has bought huge amounts of properties in the UK. Mm-hmm. And no one's talking about that. And I think I think we have to talk about that, Jermaine. I think we have to we have to um, we have to talk about their investment, either formally or informally, into the UK. So for mm-hmm. years and years, the wealthiest billionaires in the world saw London as a great place to buy property. One, because it's a great tourist attraction, and B, because properties were very cheap when you compare to the rest of the world, because we've literally become the, the begging bowl of Europe. So, so it was a great place to invest. So large swathes of the of the central London, for example, are now owned by people in the Middle East or people in Russia. Yeah. Well, think about that in terms of... So imagine if it was the Second World War and we were at war with Germany. Imagine if Germany owned large portions of, of the UK. Mm, that would be very, uh, I don't know, a, a paradox. Exactly that. Exactly that. It's like you wouldn't shit on your own doorstep. And, and uh, I, I don't know how that works in terms of like, okay, obviously you would confiscate that property, but but it just, it doesn't end there, does it? Because it's not, that's not how you deal with things like that. What Britain huh? would confiscate it. I'm saying Britain would, yeah, but I'm saying it wouldn't end That'd there, would it? problems. Yeah. And then say it only lasted for six months. What do you do then? Do you give the property back? Do you owe them back pay because you confiscate? I mean, how does it work? I'm, I'm sure it would be something like that because we know what Britain has gone and done to places like China, for example, with the Opium War. How they yeah, yeah, yeah. On them and then force them to uh, to to pay them back. Right, and that and that's because Britain was the dominant force at that time. Yes, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the dominant force in this discussion. That's what I'm saying to you. So how does that work? So imagine if if Britain, um, say, if, it, if a couple of oh, what was the country that recently. Uh, in the Caribbean, that sort of um, no longer really a dominant force, or was everybody else just scared? No, it was a dominant force in terms of its military conquered the world at one point, at one period of, of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it wasn't the only dominant force, but it was the most powerful. And and the first and second world wars came about because the next most powerful force suddenly became equal with Britain. <laughs> No, but that's what happened. It was, it's all to do with technology. It was very little to do with, 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 I don't know what you're calling dominant. You know, it wasn't just about the size of your army. It was the size of your planes and your tanks and your railways and your, and all the stuff that you need to sustain a war. Mm. I mean, you take the American Civil War. The most important factor in that war was, was iron. The, the wealthiest people in America today got rich by supplying the iron to both sides so they could build railways and transport the troops, build guns so they could shoot people. So, so these things are vitally important when you look behind it. And also the other thing that people always talk about is the countries that don't fight in a war, how rich they become helping out the countries that do fight in a war. And helping out is a metaphor. It's not really, a, obviously. It's supply not chains. Supply yeah. chains, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So how much money do you think Russia has invested in, in the UK in terms of property? I would say for maybe a couple hundred million, maybe? Do you have a figure? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and you're, you're nowhere near. I, yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's even more than that. 
56 you'd be, you'd be right. Um, uh, almost a billion. Correct. The the anti-corruption organisation. I didn't even know. I didn't know they existed, but they're apparently they're a UK organisation. <laughs> what anti-corruption? <laughs> I'm trying to keep it straight. Why did you do that? I'm trying to keep it straight face and say, why would you do that? Are they UK? <laughs> they're so they're so anti-corruption. We don't even know who they are or where they are or who they are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, are you telling me that what's happening in Parliament is not corruption? Well, okay. you'd have to ask them, but first of all, you'd have to find them, and you know who they are. I've got <laughs> the invisible anti-corruption organisation has has found that this fifty billion pounds worth of property in the UK has been bought by, and I quote, "suspicious wealth." And apparently one-fifth of that has come from Russia. <laughs> wow. Yep. One-fifth. <sighs> now, they had, a, they had a, a body to that has the right to take away properties if they think it's dodgy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on. Try and take it away from Russia. Try it. Go on. See what happens. It's called the... It was under the Unexplained Wealth Orders. <laughs> the unexplained wealth. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does HRMS do? I don't know. The, the, the UK government introduced in 2018 a mechanism to confiscate property without first seeking criminal conviction so they could just take it without going to court. The, these unexplained wealth orders put the onus on the individual to prove where the, prop, the cash had come from to buy the property. Now, that's 2018. Where are we now? 2000. And, 22 aren't we so in four years how many properties do you think that they've actually confiscated under that under that sort of order maybe two. Oh, you you keep getting 50 percent right it's it's four <laughs> that's one a year basically so Doesn't that's how much russian me. wealth is in in the uk as we go into a conflict with them <laughs> so when you so bear that in mind when you talk about the role of Trump in the in the American elections and, and Boris in these elections and the whole negotiation process. Bear in mind the amount of wealth that Russia has in these places that doesn't seem to get into the discussion about whether there will be a conflict or not. So it's a sort of a, a secondary factor. It's, it's not one that's in the central negotiating body. So that's interesting. So we'll leave that there, but I just want you to be aware of that. I've got two more aces left that you can pick. So we have the Ace of Hearts. Well, the Ace of Hearts, love. Let's go to love, shall we, Jermaine? Go on. <coughs> that should have been the first one, really. It should have been, yes, because it's Valentine's. Let's talk about what genuine love looks like. What is it? Give me a one sentence what genuine love means for you. It means appreciation. Showing it, feeling it, and being it. Okay, that's very good. Do you want to ask me my sentence? Go on. Real love means paying £12 million to stop someone taking you to court and uh, suggesting oh. that you, you, were, you were a predator on underage children. Guess who we're talking about now? The uh, One of the princes. <clears throat> one of the princes that doesn't uh, sweat at all. Mm. Has no sweat glands, apparently. So... We had this whole thing for a year where they were panicking about would he actually be extradited to America? Would he have to face charges? 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a settlement has been found. £12 million will be paid to the charity of the woman who was alleged that when she was underage, he took advantage of her. And the royal family significantly this year sold a property worth about £14 million. Uh, And £12 million of that will be going to this lady. That makes sense. Now, I, I want to ask you a simple question, Jermaine. Where does that money come from? The people. Us. So we should all be we should be feeling uh, swelled by love that we've helped one of the princes of the kingdom of England to avert a court case that would have been very disruptive for him. Mm-hmm. So we've all while people are struggling to pay bills, you know, gas and electric eat or heat. While all this is going on, while pensioners are suffering, we should all be glad to know that we've alleviated a situation that would have been very uncomfortable for the royal family. Mm. I mean, I think that it's been uncomfortable for them anyway, uh, especially one in particular. However, um, this case was a civil case and not a criminal case. Which Correct. I'm... Oh, it's... Yeah. But it doesn't matter. The discomfort would have been a, royal, a member of the royal family in a courtroom in the USA. That would have been the biggest affront to their... Oh, that dignity. would have been different. I think that that so that's why this has been paid. Let's not get let's not beat around the bush here. And that and the fact that he probably wouldn't have won the case as well. Those two factors are why it's been paid now. Yeah. What does that say about your royalty then? It says a lot, doesn't it? It says they've owned up to the fact that he was guilty of it. But you don't pay that if is, you're not is guilty. That's what it says. Well, you don't pay that if you're not guilty, do you? Well, you know, the the thing is, right, is that we've seen in history before. Um, people do payouts to avoid the whole process of going to court. Um, to what but, end, though? And we to don't what? know. This is the thing. We don't find out whether or not the thing has It's generally accepted. In, in some cases. But in this case, it looks very... No, I don't know, Jermaine. I think in, in most cases, if people do a settlement before they go to court, it's generally to say, I don't want the, I don't want the bad publicity of losing the case in court. So I if I pay you... that, but I do also know that people no, do I, it I mean, to avoid I mean, that. If you want to go down that path, I think nine out of ten times it's because they don't it's, want to be found guilty. It's the truth. People do do that just to avoid that going... And, and it's a money thing, because if and, Joe Bloggs yeah. down the road can't do that, because he isn't going to get something, find a million pound under the carpet and, and be able to sort of pay the guy off before, or the woman off yeah. before. So so it's a money thing as well. It's generally the very wealthy are the ones who can only do that, because don't, they don't have yeah. the money otherwise. So, so it is a very classic... We could only be talking about people who, yeah, are, exactly. you know, who have a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. We're talking so, millions here, by the way. We're not talking like... Uh, and you just you just brought up history, so I, I'm going to bring up history. If you look at the kings and queens of England, they've stolen, robbed, killed, and done far worse acts than this to gain control of the crown in the first place. Mm-hmm. But but in those days, people you didn't have those kind of courts, and you know, like what the royal family did was above the law, completely above the law. So we've moved, in theory we'd moved on from those times, but maybe we haven't. So anyway, you've got one more card to to, to produce. The final <laughs> card is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades. Okay. Um, I'm going to say something to you. I don't know if you know this, Giza. I'd like to bring him up. Do you know someone called Oliver Dowden? Oliver Dowden. Why does that name ring a bell? Well, I don't know. It depends what circles you're mixing in, mate. 
What does he do? Well, he? That's, that's the point. <laughs> what does he do? He's actually now, since the we've had a couple of shake-ups, he's now the uh, Tory party chairman. So he's the, the whip, as they call it. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but all I know is he's the chairman of the party. Oh, congratulations to him. Well, we could talk about him today because he made a speech the other day <laughs> uh, where he talked about um, painful, woke psychodrama that's weakening the West. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> He's blaming cancel, what's it called? Not council, cancel culture. Um, He made the remarks to the the Heritage Foundation, which is a right-wing USA think tank, saying that woke ideology was a dangerous form of decadence at a time when our attention should be focused on external foes. He said a West confident in its values would not be obsessing over the pronouns or indeed seeking to decolonize mathematics. Oh, here we go. So this is one of these people that's harping back to the golden days or whatever the golden days were. Yeah. And blaming anybody that brings up history for undermining the confidence of the West. Now, there's two problems with this discussion. There's a historical inaccuracy and there's a modern day uh, reality that he's not facing. So where, where do you want to go with it? Let's go for the <clears throat> historic, historical angle first. Right, so what he's doing is, for example, he's saying, why are we bringing up things like slavery when it's undermining the confidence of the West today? You know, it all happened in Belgium and in England where statues are being pulled down, etc. But if you're going to go down that path, then you don't talk about the Holocaust either. And they are very clear that they want to talk about the Holocaust. They want to talk about the Second World War. We don't talk about that then. If we're not going to go down that path, then we don't talk about those things because they're undermining the confidence of the country. Yeah? So he's got to be very careful about what he's saying. He has, but as we know, these people hardly have any tact when they speak. He also said, this is an example of what he said. He also said that Labour has got woke running through it like a stick of Brighton Rock. Really? Yeah, really. Really? Really. You really think Labour has woke running through it when Labour's been dragged? Dragged. When they should have been the ones who've been dragged. Yeah, 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 totally. Interesting. He said the West has become obsessed by what divides us rather than what that unites us. Now, this is my problem now, because let's talk about what unites us then, shall we, Jermaine? Go on, let's, let's. <laughs> let's talk about what unites us. So, okay, so obviously we've got a government that we trust. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. We've got a government that is at the forefront of the European nations because it sees what unites us is more important than what divides us, right? So obviously it wants to be in the, the European market, the European community, doesn't it? Because clearly... It, it, it wants to be the shining beacon of Europe. And, and of unity, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, because we don't want to divide people, right? It wants to make sure that the, the peace that we've had in Northern Ireland for or, or, or Ireland itself for the past 20 years won't be undermined by 
some flimsy laws that they've miswritten and, and don't have a clue where it starts or ends. So clearly none of that's going on, right? Of course not, Mark. Of course. We've been through a pandemic where we've all been listening together. So clearly they wouldn't allow private companies to to charge the hell out of people that have suffered for two years, some not having work or anything. So none of that would be happening, right? They wouldn't dare. No, because that would be something that divides us, not unites us. It would be. It would be. I mean, it it would be a a, a glaring, like, blood through a piece of rock that the Tory party owns, wouldn't it? It it would be like a, I don't know, a spanner being thrown into the, the shining light is the beacon (laughs) so so we're now seeing the new tactic of the Tories rather than discussing a a corrupt Prime Minister that has lied consistently that had parties when other people couldn't even go to bury their their loved ones the real problem in this country the real problem what divides us is woke culture problem solved there you go Stop woke culture, and we're laughing. We're all one happy, united band of people, all we wearing braces and, and handkerchiefs on our heads and smiling happily. Wow, it's um amazing how simple solving the problems of the world <laughs> is. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? If only people didn't have memory and and intelligence, we could get away with this. So we can't wait till Elon <laughs> Musk puts chips in everyone's brain, and we can just go happily in unified hand in hand uh, to the to the bright future of of the world that we make that we manufacture incredible i, th- I think that's it, that's I, I it. Can't. Did we, yeah we did we did we covered it i can't go anywhere from here jermaine i think we've we've reached the end of the path that we can talk about really because let's face it <laughs> if the world we lived in could get any more bizarre it would it would push these things off the table but i don't think it could get any more bizarre than it already has i mean it's you know I now get to see why Boris is hiding all over the world because, uh, you know, reality is a very disturbing place to live in. Mm. <laughs> it seems, seems like he has an avoidant personality. <laughs> <laughs> Disorder. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he's replaced neurodiversity with uh, avoidance, avoidance diversity where he can, every time he, he finds a different place to avoid being seen after a crisis. So, um, so that's good. That's good. He's, he's working through his therapeutic uh, uh, advancement. So that's good. And, and the funny thing is, I'm going to leave you with this, Jermaine, because I think it's quite funny. If this is how he deals with crisis, like proper crisis, you can see where the problem is for, for his ex-partners and his child, ex-children. Can you, imagine? can you imagine him going around for Christmas? No way. You don't want to, don't want to be called a liar or a cheat or anything like that. It's not going to go, is it? He's going to hide in the garden shed or something. Or, throw the, the present through the chimney or something. He's just not going to want to be in the building, is he? Oh, dear. Do you remember that programme I'm telling you? You just go, so-and-so has left the building. He's no longer yeah. in the building. It's a bit like that yeah. with him, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Boris is no longer in the building. Wasn't that Big Brother? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I think it was Big Brother. I don't know. But it just, it's just like, it, it really should be his... You know, like boxers when they come onto a theme song, that should be his theme song. And Boris has left the building. <laughs> he's, he's walking out, Gene. <laughs> he should be. They should play it. Like, you please, know that. Please, please. I really want to make this appeal to, to everybody right now. Everybody who is a member of the Conservative Party, 
Um, and who's listening well, to this? I, I, I don't understand how you have any faith in him. Can you please all collaborate and come together and push this no vote confidence thing, please? I mean, come on. Jermaine, if this we guy ask you pet- anything, if we ask you only one thing for this whole last 15 years or whatever it's been, can you do that at least? I mean, first of all, I'm going to say that I don't think very many of the Conservative Party listen to Curious Anarchy. I'd be happy if they did, but I can't see it. But my second thing would be... Um, Why would they not? I just don't think it's their cup of tea. I think it would dis- disrupt the unity in the country and create division and wokeness. I don't think they'd want to hear it. And secondly, I, I I would suggest that we stop calling Boris Boris and we from now on we refer to him as Teflon. Because nothing ever sticks to him. So there's no point asking people to get rid of him because nothing ever sticks to the guy. We need to come up with a different name. I like Teflon. So we, we can include Teflon in it, but I don't know. Some, Teflon Terry. I'm going to call him Teflon Terry from now on. I think that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Teflon Terry. <laughs> it's not in his real name. It's just perfect, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. But in his real name, so it's, everything will fit perfectly. He's probably got kids by Teflon Terry, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no accountability. His brand. Oh Do you ever think like playing bingo and if you get a lucky number, that, you're right, that's how many kids Boris has got? Because no one seems to know. And it's like, oh, yeah. 66, uh, 7 11. And you're like, yes, I found how many has got, finally. So, anyway, this is um, this has been Curious Anarchy. Um, you've been listening to uh, Curious Anarchy, Content Anarchy, and Teflon Terry. No, I don't know who Teflon Terry is, but uh, you've been listening to Jermaine as well. Thank you also very much for tuning in. Please give us a shout on the uh, Twitter at underscore Curious Anarchy. It's the same handle on Instagram as well. Um, we have an episode of Brunch with Naomi Osaka coming out Ooh, this yeah. week. Nicole Maxwell. We're talking metaverse and all of that good stuff. Brilliant. Brilliant. I cannot wait for that one to come out. I'm sure if you're curious about the metaverse, you will love that episode. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all so very much. Have a great day. Take a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. 